Hey folks, welcome to the Green Root Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Schlossberg. For this episode, I'm very excited to have Uche Isiake. He is the Executive Director of Rural Watch Africa Initiative, RUWE, a nonprofit organization with the aim of strengthening the resilience of poor and marginalized rural communities whose lives and livelihoods are being threatened due to degradation of their natural resources, climate change crisis, and social exclusion. Uche's core interest is building agroecological systems, sustainable land management and land restoration, livelihood strategies for self-sufficiency, as well as inspiring young ones to lead in climate action. Welcome to the Green Root Podcast, Uche. Thank you. Thank you, Josh. I'm so glad to have you. So you are based in Nigeria, is that correct? Yes, yes, I am. Okay, so what is the main concern in terms of environmental issues going on in Nigeria right now? Yeah, thank you very much. You know, um, Nigeria suffers from environmental problems typical to many um, developing countries. So um, it, it, when you talk about the environmental um, issues, it's a global thing. So Nigeria is, is not um, excluded here. It's not a peculiar thing to Nigeria. So we are facing a whole lot of environmental issues uh, bordering from um, land degradation, um, which, has, which is a, a quite a major challenge. Uh, looking also the um, environmental pollution that goes on the, the hydrocarbon uh, industry where you have the oil producing uh, states in, in Nigeria, um, which uh, the, the, the soil there has been um, uh, contaminated. Uh, people in the local communities can no longer go to, uh, uh, go to farm and on some of their, their livelihoods have been, uh, like I, I said earlier, have been, have been um, um, taken away from them. The waters have been polluted. They could no longer, even those, those who rely on fishing for survival could no longer have a, a place to do such things. So you see oil pollution and oil spillage and all kinds of issues along that area. Then you look at the dry land part of Nigeria where you have issue of uh, droughts and desertification going on. Um, it's, it's quite a, a, a huge challenge that has been um, leading to uh, migration. People in that zone coming down to the southern part of Nigeria where they can find a greener pasture, where they can um, uh, just keep going in life and all that. And again, uh, that has even made worse. Uh, looking at the issue of insurgency, I don't know if you know much about the, the Boko Haram uh, uh, sects. Uh, they're also linked to the IC, ISIS or something like that, the global terrorist organization that is uh, ravaging the northeast north part of Nigeria, not every part of Nigeria, just the northeast part of Nigeria. So this has um, actually made the whole issue of um, uh, climate change uh, wasn't wasn't you know so the, the at, at the end of the whole thing the, the people at the rural communities they are the world they was hit you know they was affected by this whole thing when you talk about the climate change environmental degradation and all whatnot they are all tied to poverty so that is why you see the poverty uh, index of Nigeria keep 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 getting worse you know even before now I, I was going through a, a, a write-up see that Nigeria has moved from poverty now to multidimensional poverty, you know, kind of. So it's actually, like I said before, it's a global thing, but Nigeria coupled with the, the low infrastructure you have here, and then you have the low capacity of these people that are vulnerable to tackle these issues. So it becomes now um, a major problem on lives and livelihoods of rural communities in, in Nigeria. Yeah, thank you. That's a really great summary. I know myself, I'm not very familiar with what's going on over there. And I think most Americans, unfortunately, are not. So really appreciate you laying out all of the issues there. And frankly, that does put things into perspective here in Colorado, where I live in the Rocky Mountains. Our main concern is, oh, our summers are a little bit warmer, whereas you're dealing with a lot more problems that are happening all at once. So that's that sounds very difficult. So I, I guess let's let's maybe start from the beginning a little bit in terms of you yourself, Uche. So how did you get involved 
with these sorts of issues? One of my latest uh, uh, publication, I don't know if you, if you follow that on Facebook, where I, I, I wrote an, a little article on there, uh, trying to narrate my uh, personal experience or childhood experience, okay, um, growing up in a rural uh, village. Um, you know, talking about um, environmental issues and climate change and the impacts. So I was actually, before the, something went off, that um, when you visit a country as, like Nigeria, and the first port of call or, or arrival is in the, in, the, in, the, in the city center, you don't actually, you may not be able to ascertain or, you know, um, the issues facing uh, the vulnerable people when you talk about the climate change and all that. Some of these issues are pervasive actually um, in these rural communities where the, the source of livelihoods uh, has been affected. And again, they have low capacity to, to adapt. Okay, so growing up in such a community, I understand the issues facing these people. Um, I grew up from a community that even up to today, except um, some part of that village that do have access to it, major, major part of that area don't have access to it up to date. So they don't have this infrastructure. When during this season now, we are in the rainy season here in Nigeria, there have been uh, issues of um, floods going on in these communities. Yesterday, I read on the news in a community over seven persons died as result of these uh, flood issues and all that because the, the this community don't have road, they don't have drainage. Uh, the kind of uh, buildings there, they are not planned. People build uh, indiscriminately wherever they get land and all kinds of things. The roads are not paved, they are just head surface. So they don't have you know, cha proper channels you know, to, to evacuate the water when you have these rains and all that. So it becomes an issue when they have, when, when is a flood like this. And when you, when you hear certain figures that People died during a flood. Something. These are just ones that are being reported. There are a lot of these issues that are good, that, that that keep going on in, in this area that are not being reported. So I now said, okay, how do I come in in this situation to be able to let people know what these people are facing, what they are going through? So I said, okay, we could be a voice to these people who. Uh, who could say they don't have a voice because nobody speaks for them. The media barely reaches these areas and because they cannot even afford the media to get the publicity when they have issues. You, you contact a media person, they ask you, oh, you have to pay for, you have to give us a kind of honorarium, you have to give us some allowances, transport based for us to report issues going in your community. These people, they are poor. They can't afford it. So, the flood may ravage the community for a whole, a whole month and many lives lost. Nobody will hear about these issues. Nobody will report them and all that. So it's okay, we could also come in here to begin to advocate for them, begin to speak for them, begin to engage the government, begin to engage the stakeholders to see how they can come in to ameliorate these people's suffering, the kind of challenges they go through. So, that is actually how the whole thing coming. And again, because growing up, because I'm, I grew up in such a community, so I have the passion, I understand their situation. If I hear that one person died in a flood-related uh, issues, I could understand what their family is, is going through at the moment. So um, from there, we begin to mobilize people, get community actually involved. Even for my own community, I have to also gather them that see, you have to get involved. In 2016, I, I, I got involved in a, a project we call Stand Up to be Counted. So uh, it's actually to mobilize indigenous people to participate in their own developmental um, initiative and activities. So we use that platform. Actually, I was uh, appointed to serve as the director of media publicity and strategy in that uh, project. I also double as the assistant project coordinator. So we began to engage the community, begin to market the, the, the whole idea to 
the, the indigenous people, how they could get involved. That if you don't do it, nobody will do it for you. If you don't, if you don't say, here I am, nobody will know that you've been here all the while. So you have to stand up to be counted. You have to stand up and speak for yourself. You have to stand up and begin to learn how to engage the, the political leaders, uh, all right? The, 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 the elected, those, those people you, you elected during elections. So you begin to speak on these issues. So uh, using all kinds of media uh, apparatus, using the social media and also the conventional media and direct engagement, I began to mobilize these people. And uh, in fact, now the, the results have been quite uh, tremendous because people in that community are beginning to get involved. We must not wait for the government to fix our road, to do our drainage for ourselves, to, to plant trees, to uh, uh, get involved in uh, agricultural activities. We have to start within ourselves. We have to start helping ourselves. So we have to form a kind of a cooperative and associations. So I even went um, to the extent of mobilizing people from that community. They are Nigerians, but they don't live here. They live in, in the US. Some of them live in the UK and uh, um, Canada and all that, uh, North America and all those people. So I use the social media platform to bring all these people to under one umbrella. I'll begin to discuss issues facing people, these rural communities, the environmental issues that are going in there that is aggravating the poverty situation concerning these people. And they bought into this whole agenda. So, okay, that we want to get involved. We love what you're doing. We haven't seen a thing like this all the while. So it's, it's a kind of, a, a kind of a, something rare to us. So we have to get involved. Uh, so today, um, people in that community, uh, now you see an indigenous come up and say, okay, we want to take up a project. We want to do this for the community. We want to do this, we want to do that. I also use that same platform to engage a government because that community, later on, I could share you some images from that community. You could see before and after. Okay, you could see the kind of road they have, you kind of see the kind of infrastructure they have there. I want to engage the government, the relevant uh, government agencies to come in. So I use the social media to engage them. And they replied me uh, not quite long. Then they came in and uh, started uh, constructing a road in that community that they, they got a report from my social media advocacy and all that. So from there, I said, okay, if this could, uh, uh, could achieve such a result in a very short while, so why don't I go further to uh, formally get my initiative registered and begin to uh, get involved in other areas, not just for that community, but for uh, the entire rural areas in Nigeria and Africa. Uh, I think that is how we uh, got involved. And before you know, you have a lot of volunteers coming in that they want to get involved, they love what we're doing. And up to today, we have impacted over 25 communities, um, uh, you know, cutting across women, youths, and the elderly and all that in different aspects of environmental issues and also uh, livelihood support programs because we felt that we should also be able to strengthen their resilience. Livelihood is everything. And people that live in these local communities, they are purely agrarian communities. So they, they solely depend on agricultural uh, activities to, to survive, to make a living. So when their, line, their, their land is being affected, it seems that you, you have taken away a kind of life from them because that is all they have, natural resources all the while. So when you have this time around, you have flooding issues. You could imagine what some of these people who have invested so much in the land during this farming season and all of a sudden you see erosion coming in to wipe away all, the, all that they have planted, you know. Yes, it happened also in my community and we lost people, you know, not because of the flood erosion, but because of the impact. I know of a, a, a family who invested hugely, you know, after, you know, um, having done all the necessary uh, board crop and everything, invested in labor and all that. So the community was ravaged by flood, not quite, you know, from a nearby a dam that has been built by the government. And they lost all the all the all they have labored all the while. You know, the, the, the family couldn't survive it. The man was, you know, they said he had a kind of a, a heart attack or something. So he had a cardiovascular uh, issues and you know he couldn't survive it. 
So a lot of things going on in these areas. And I felt that um, now is the time for us to get, you know, come together as an organized entity to begin to engage the government, engage uh, the, the, the opinion molders and also the, the rural communities. So together we can, we can achieve a lot if we agree that it, it is possible. Thanks for that, Uche. It's really inspiring. I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit more about the ecological impacts in Nigeria and surrounding areas, thanks to climate change. Uh, when I mentioned there, in the dry land uh, area, you have issue of droughts and desertification. Okay, so you come into the southern part, you have what they call the gully erosion. Okay, so that's the kind of one you, you hear, you see happen here in the southern part. Then the upper part, you have issue of desertification and droughts. So it's it's all how thing you have there in the in the south, having issue of um, um, gully erosion, right? Because of the kind of soil texture they have there and all those. So when when it is when when it rains like this, the soil is being washed away. And sometimes you see you see a major road being cut off. Some some of these rural areas are being cut off. They can no longer you know move from community A to the other point B and all that. So not just only flood, you also have issues um, like I mentioned earlier, issues that, that relate to um, pollution from the oil producing um, communities where you have some of these uh, oil industries, or, you know, doing oil exploration activities in those local areas. So you you have the, the, the water has been polluted, okay? Uh, so not just flooding, you also have issues of uh, uh, deforestation going on. You know, people, because of poverty, I will also say again, or because of uh, people don't have the necessary infrastructure to do all-round farming. So during, during the, 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 the rainy season, they are in the farm. Off the rainy season, they don't have any other thing. So they will resort to felling trees. They will resort to, uh, you know, uh, cutting down trees to make a living. They, they, they make this firewood, they, they burn the charcoal, they sell them, you know, people use it to, 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 for, for home use, for energy use and all the different kinds of things they use, all those things. So people do all that. When we move into these local areas to educate them, we also back up that with um, uh, an action, something to inspire them, something to lead them into action. So we felt that it's not just going to educate and talk and talk and talk or raising banners in the market square and on the street and it just go on. People don't understand that. When you just write something on the placard, they carry and the climate change this, climate change that. You know, I say, well, what is that about? Yeah. So we're not okay, we have to take it further. To lead them, to show them how to act. So that is after after we have carried out the education, that is they have now been able to impact knowledge. So we also lead them into action by planting trees. So we are moving into this area by giving them trees after the sensitization, after the awareness um, campaign, we give them trees to plant. So we are also trying to um, educate um, rural women on how to um, do sustainable land management. No matter how small the, size, the, the land size may be, you can cultivate in your, your backyard. You can, uh, like I have some of these things documented, just that we have, we, because of uh, um, some of the, the uh, funding issues. We cannot be able to afford the media you know, to carry out some of this. We have them documented. We have them, you know, but then we've been doing all that. That is how that campaign came about to educate people, all right? So then lead them into action. After we have been able to impact knowledge, you also lead them into action by showing them how to um, manage their natural resources, how to mitigate climate change, how to um, be able to uh, plant trees to enhance their income and also create jobs for, uh, job for others, you know, employment for those who are jobless in the rural areas. So we did, these are all the whole issues. So it also ties towards um, uh, advocacy and um, education around um, climate change and building resilience and all that. But that is one aspect of um, the, the campaign which we started last year and is still ongoing actually. That's really excellent. So yeah, like you're saying, it's not just about putting up signs and quote, raising awareness. You're doing things literally on the ground 
to improve the situation. So you mentioned jobs in the rural communities. What sort of jobs is this creating? Okay, I would tell you for 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 an example, we we embark on a different kinds of a livelihood initiative. Okay, uh, because we saw that when these people um, yeah, they, they don't have the capacity, they don't have means of livelihood. So during crisis, when they have, when they are being affected by this, they, 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 they feel it more. So when you have, uh, for instance, we are living in a community, about three communities in, in, uh, in Abia where we are doing a, uh, raising youth on how to uh, beekeeping initiatives, okay? So we, we are training them on how to, um, on, on beekeeping, and um, some of them, in fact, after now, I can also send you some of the, the reports, you know, both pictorial, you know, some things to show you. Um, so they're making income. And uh, this time around, we want to do the second phase of that, of that uh, project. But this time around, we want to do it differently. We, 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 we are looking about how we can sustain that effort. So um, at the end of the day, we'll be able to have something coming in to also train others because have all the fun to do that. So we also help people um, in rural areas, um, young people, women with, and uh, train them on how to do um, the organic farming and all that. So we have that report where we have several women who now uh, go who now make sales from those uh, the, the proceeds from the, the farm, and not just that, they are going on to train other women, okay, in, in, in those communities, train other women on how to. Um, in fact, one of the uh, one of one of them sometimes sent me a report on how now she go on to distribute seedlings to other women, and now they are not making income. You know, they, they, they cultivate uh, vegetables, tomatoes, and all kinds of things there, and they are living well. They will be able to also train women, over 500 uh, rural women and schoolgirls and boys, on how, on, on also livelihood skills. Uh, we train them on how to, uh, they call them cosmetology, how to make kinds of uh, soap and all sanitizer, antiseptic, all kinds of things. So we basically, we, we Introduce the livelihood skill to some of the people who may also engage in farming because um, no matter how you take out this uh, farming and agricultural advocacy, not everybody will engage who want to go into farming, not everybody. Mm -hmm. So if we have those who want to go into farming, we will consult and encourage them, teach them how to do that, do agroforestry, sustainable land management, and they, they do. But then those who say, no, 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 we don't have time for all that. Sure. But, the, but they, go in, they go into the bush to, to cut down trees. Okay, how do we mitigate this? How do we stop them from going into cut trees? We now, okay, we can train you on, on shoemaking, on craft, on bead making. So you don't, you don't have to go to the bush to cut down trees anymore. So all this is, is, is geared towards reducing pressure on land-based natural resources. So when you have this livelihood skill being replicated in different aspects based on uh, the area of our choice and all that in the uh, and peculiarities in these areas, so we reason the different skills. So they will have income and at the end of the day create jobs. Like for instance, the people we train on the, the beekeeping at time over 15. 15, we are, be, we are able to employ additional 15 because those guys do not just go to the farm alone. They go with their friends. So they, they share profit. They also engage them. So when we power 15, those 15 empower 15. And again, uh, indirect job uh, is over 30 because we have those who help them to package the, the, the honey, those who uh, handle different aspects. You have the branding guy, the guy who is into graphic design. Who we do the labeling for the, 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 the packaging of the, that honey is also creating indirect jobs from that same honey value chain. So I think you can see how how it is interlinking. But it's all geared towards reducing pressure on land-based natural resources. Yeah, I think that's all really beautiful because the situation isn't like it is, say, in other countries where it's these massive timber companies that come in and loot the forests for the direct profit and whatnot. 
in this case, this is people trying to survive. And it's not like you can say, hey, well, just stop doing that. So instead, what you're doing is you're providing them with other economic opportunities that don't degrade yeah. the land base. That's I think that's brilliant. That's beautiful. So you mentioned beekeeping, organic farming, uh, soaps, crafts, that sort of stuff. And, and that's that sounds really excellent. So are you optimistic about all of these programs? Sorry, I didn't get clear. Yeah, no problem. Are you optimistic about all of these programs? Are you are you excited yes. that they're going to move forward and everything like that? No, no, no. It's 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 it's, it's working. Like for the first phase, like I said before, the reports have been quite amazing. Hmm. The, the reports we get in the UK, doing the evaluation, is quite amazing. Particularly, you know, Nigeria is is, is a huge uh, landmark. So when you hear here, it's over over. Um, ninety something, ninety nine thousand something land square. So it's, it's huge. It's a huge land area. But I've been able to personally, apart from those who are we have in the field, our community um, coordinators. Sometimes even me as the ED have to go far. Some of these areas they have to travel, travel like two days by land, you know, to get to some of these areas, three days to get. As well. but then I've been to some of those places. I've been able to interact with them, and then we want to do more. But then. Like I said, I was saying earlier that most of the things we've done so far, I would say is just from members, just um, the trustees, and people who are just passionate like me. Mm. Right? I've gone. I've gone into use my personal personal resources. We haven't gotten any grant from any foundation, from any international or local NGOs. No way. We haven't gotten any. But we are not giving up. So that's to say that there's a passion behind what we are doing. We are not looking at uh, if we don't get it from these people, we'll give up. No, 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 no. Even before people uh, began to uh, join me, I, I've been doing this, you know, like uh, um, two, two, three years plus. You know, people like, let's watch him. He, he, he's real, we know, he's just like others, just watch him, just give him one year. <laughs> so there's something, he, 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 it will go down and all that. You see that there is this passion that they cannot, they can't understand. So now you see people want to now come in and say, "I want to get involved." We love what you're doing. You see that this thing is born out of you know a need. You just, you just have this this passion for for the poor and the vulnerable. You want to see things move well, you know, with them and all that. So that is how we will be able to do this. So if we are able to get get more support, we do more. Like um, in that global giving, there's something that we've been. Uh, asked to submit a project. We are also taking this honeybee uh, making as a next uh, something we also, we also want to do. So in fact, last night, we were able to upload our project. But uh, they said that it will be live on the, from the 14th of September. It will go live on the, on the platform. Then we've been given target to raise uh, $5,000 for them to maintain funding for us or for them to help us to be doing campaigns in other projects. You know, become a permanent beneficiary of that global giving platform. So that is all we've been doing. We've have even some projects rather now we just developed with the community. Yeah, we visited some time ago uh, um, uh, here in, in the FCT, where you have massive deforestation going on in that community. Josh, I was there. In fact, some of my friends were like, ah. You know, the old guy was like, well, shed tears. He said, you mean this, is, this community is within the city? They don't have access to, they don't have, no, no road. They don't know, they don't have access to good road. You know, they don't have, they haven't seen what they call electricity for the first time. They haven't witnessed the power before. They haven't seen that. So all they use is, is the, 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 the biomass, the firewood they call, you know, to do all kinds of things. They don't have water. They don't have a healthcare facility in that area. So we saw where they have a huge uh, heap of wood. You know, people come to buy and sell. And they said that they do business. So flood, you know, when you don't have trees, this may affect the soil, the land, the land takes and all. So they, they are now facing the impact of climate change. So we are not talking. We, we want to help you. We'll come in. But we need you people to also make your land available. So that is the good thing, the good news that yes, the community uh, leader, the chief of the community, they called me, um, that was uh, sometime last month, that they, they are now able to make certain hectares of land available for us to help them to set up some of these we want to do um, 
set up uh, some um, agroforestry farming. They also have an orchard uh, for the community. You know, that will help them to, raise, to generate income for the community when that starts uh, yielding and all kinds of things and also do livelihood skills for the women and, 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 uh, and the youth in the community. So to answer your question, we are going on. So there, 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 is, there is this drive. So we want to do more. We want to reach out to many other communities, not just in Nigeria. People from, we have to, okay, I'm giving you a report from Liberia where we have been doing a lot, doing a, a, a organic farming with um, some of our, our volunteers there. They've been doing that much and then going to uh, raise funds for orphanage homes and provide food. Some of those foods are being sold and used to feed those children and also train some of the, the orphanages in how to do organic farming in Liberia. Now, I have a lot of calls from, from, from Kenya that they want to uh, partner with us. They want to volunteer. But, but there's one thing I want to, I want to point out here. Um, that is why when I see, I make some write-ups, I said climate change fight or combating climate change is beyond carrying out blackouts going to on the street or doing, doing street, uh, street shows just to attract one or two dollars or pounds here and there from people and then you run away. It's beyond that. So people just sometimes, they say, I want to volunteer. But deep down there in their mind, they don't want to volunteer. They want to get paid. They are coming in for them to get paid. They think that there's money. So sometimes when they get me, I want to volunteer. I was okay. So when we have done everything, you see, they will just, they won't say anything because they are waiting you say, okay, we're going to pay you some amount of money every month. But nobody's paying us. Who is paying me? Nobody. And I'm not asking anybody to pay me. So nobody's paying. I'm doing this from my own pocket, from my little service. I'm doing this. You know, and also the, the, the other uh, volunteers and members who have been able to also mobilize funds just from their pocket. So that is, so these are some of the issues that we've been facing here. But uh, you see, I keep going on to talk about this. Unfortunately, some of the, the real people who want to do the real thing, the real work like us, who are very close to the poor, the vulnerable communities, sometimes they are not ones that being widely celebrated, you know, sometimes even in the media or reported, or going to make up make up news, make up stories when they are not true. But those stories will just go viral. The media, you know, they get attention. They will pay the media to, to to propagate such news. And before you know it, one foundation will come after them. <laughs> we know this thing. I said, but this is not the way. This is not the way. So I, I think there's a passion. So we are going on. In fact, we are preparing for the next year. Some of things we want to do next year. We need to do, carry out our, our work plan uh, for the next year, come up with our budget, and then we, we, we pray that we get support anyway to carry on. Thank you. Excellent. Well, that's it's really overwhelming because you're doing so many amazing things. I, I'll I'll be honest. I'm more excited about what you all are doing than most of the initiatives in the U.S. Uh, I'm involved with a lot of the stuff in the U.S. and I support it and I think it's important. But you folks are on the front lines of this. You you folks are doing some of the most meaningful work in the world. And all I know is that there are people who give. Lots of money every year to groups like the Sierra Club in the U.S. that frankly don't do much of anything. And uh, a little bit of that money directed towards you folks would make a heck of a lot more of a difference. So I know you're not on here specifically to ask for money, but I would like to assist and encourage folks to make donations towards your organization if that's something that you're accepting. So is, is, if folks wanted to do that, would they go to that, that giving way website or check out you on Facebook, Rural Watch Africa initiative on Facebook? What's the best way to do that? Yeah, that would be fine. Okay. So either, so I'll provide those links so folks can engage with that. And, and the thing is, you're not just doing the things that you mentioned, which, which is plenty. But you're also, your organization's also involved with something called the Rural Water Safety Project and the Rural School for Water Sanitation and Hygiene Project. So the first yeah. one, do, yeah. do, you, do you want to talk about that or should I just read what that says? Yes, yes. I, I can talk about that. Please I do. I can talk about that. Yes. The, the Rural Water, um, in fact, the, the Rural School uh, Project now is 
is going on in one of the states now. In, in, uh, as, we are, as we are speaking now, the the the, community, the project officer. In fact, uh, that was why you saw I mentioned about uh, people say they want to. When you approach them closely, they don't want to vote and say they want to get paid. Mm. Um, Josh, maybe maybe an episode. I will share my real life experience. How uh, when I when I I left the university, I graduated from the university. I had no job. You know, here you do a kind of a one year. They call it youth service. That you do national youth service is a kind of internship you do for your for your country for whole one year. You don't get paid. So I did that. You just get stipend. That stipend is is no. It, it can't carry you anywhere. But out of out of that stipend, I was using it to do things for my community. In fact, when I finished that thing, I had a budget. One of the elites in the community saw the saw the expenses. He said he wanted that he want to tell the community to pay me back what I have spent. I still have that document in my house. I told the man no, even though I had no house, I had no money. And I was still stopping, you know, just managing myself. But I want to, I, w- I want to uh, pass a message. I want to set a standard for others to follow. So I want to tell them that it is possible for us to use our skills, our talent, our resources, our connections, our friends, our pain to develop our community. So it must not be money. If you can talk, use your talking to develop your community. If you can write, use your writing skills to transform your community. If you can also uh, uh, do social media, use that to drive advocacy that will attract development to your community. Whatever gift that you've been given or you've been blessed with, use that to serve your community in every aspect you know you can do. So that is it. So for the water aspect of you ask me, yes, we do that and we've done um, quite in, um, uh, you don't know this terrain so so well. We've done one in the northern part. We have done another in the southern part. Then the second one for the school, we were doing nice to help the people who are returning, who are writing their exams to maintain sanitation while they are in school because um, the, the national authority has set a, a protocol, uh, uh, the COVID-19 protocol for, this, for students. But some of these students don't have the money to, 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 to meet up with some of these rules. These are people that their, their parents, livelihoods have been affected by climate change and they get recently made the worse by um, by COVID-19. So how can they even afford to uh, get a, buy a nose mask? They can't afford to buy hand sanitizer. They can't afford to uh, to, 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 to get soap and all that to, to maintain uh, you know, all kinds of things that they should do in school. So that is why we thought, okay, let's come in. We have rural schools, you know, uh, just few selected rural schools where we can afford. So we're not just covering every area and all that. So we just pilot and then, you know, come up with a, a, our outcome. So we've been doing that, and it, it's ongoing now in that um, area. And it, 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 we've been happy. Actually, we, we plan to do that in three locations. But because we we we, are, we don't have, like I said, we've got all the phones. So we thought, okay, let's just do it in, in one in one state, uh, in, three, in three LGAs in one state. So now that, that one is going on. And... Um, we're also looking for, um, we also have a, someone who also wants to get involved with us uh, to come and help us train um, uh, the, the second phase to train uh, other local youth. Because if, the first one we did, we trained, we trained 15 rural youth on how to, um, they call them the, the wash technician, how to construct well. There's a kind of well you can, you can think in your house or in your farm and all that. We train those, those people and empower them with little stipend for them to get uh, equipment. All right. So, but we want to scale up some of these things. We have to begin to, like I said, make uh, news. Even the little we have done, they are not, like I said, I, I, I recently I put up the people that want to help us with communication and media related, whatever. People are coming forth. Even those who, who came through and then they, they, they want to get paid. I said sincerely, if I have this something to pay, I will pay. But we don't have it. You know what it means that you, from your pocket, from your pocket, you just begin, and it's not enough for you. So my job, what I do for, for a living, is being affected by the, by the COVID-19. I can imagine, but even I see that, I see squeeze out something from the pocket, and the members are not, and, and trustees, they are not rich. They are, some of them are just <laughs> managing their life. But then they just are able to instill this passion in them 
Some of them have followed me for three years. They, they did not make any comment. But when I said, come, I want you to be in the board. I want you to be in the... They could not just say, they said, please, I have, you have done a lot. I have read, I have seen a lot. You know, so they, they just want to get involved. But it's not enough. So if we if we have all it takes, the capacity and the resources, we can see who we, I know. This is just me. It's passionately... I, I don't know how to document this whole thing. So if I'm able to document this, even if it's through a video or whatsoever, people could see and you could now imagine that, oh, I think uh, all you saying could, could be able to seen on a platform. So uh, I, I think uh, that is all for the WASH project. Uh, although we still have the ones we have, we are programming for the next year. So um, we, we are all perfecting all that. And then we'll see um, if we could get people that will support us to, to carry out those, those projects. But we are by, we don't get. We are not giving up. Like I said before, we always, always look for a way to, to carry out the much we can do and also to do our advocacy on the rural areas and all that. That's really excellent. So that's the Rural School for Water Sanitation and Hygiene Project. So that's the focus on maintaining that sanitation and hygiene in the midst of COVID. Because here in the U.S., we're we're struggling for sure, but places that have less resources, it's like, we're so focused on our own concerns here that we don't think about that folks are having some of the same concerns, sometimes even worse places overseas. So that that's extremely important. And the other project, if we could talk about it briefly and then we'll let you go, is so the rural water safety project. So it says here over 60 million rural dwellers in Nigeria do not have access to quality drinking water. So, so what what's involved with that project? Yes, the, the that safety project is one of the uh, projects I, I mentioned that we have done one in the in the south and one in the north. Um, you know, you you have uh, twenty six. It's only twenty six percent that have access to improved and quality water in Nigeria. Less, just less than less than thirty percent. Twenty six point four nine percent. They are just the ones that have access to quality and improved water. So the rest, you could just imagine, don't have access to quality and improved water. So you have thousands, if not if not that, over this, uh, I read from the from UNICEF, so over seven hundred thousand or so, or because now I don't have my my system on, die of uh, water related issues from diarrhea and cholera, all kinds of things they call all those sicknesses. From, because they cannot maintain, they don't have quality water. You, you see people drinking from, from just mud water. I could send you pictures with what we got in the field. We captured them not knowing. It, it's not something arranged. No, people at times make up these pictures, position them and take pictures. Okay, walk through this path, we, we take a picture. No, 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 we, we captured it without knowing. So I, I told my friend, take, 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 take that boy. You see them gathering water and they want to drink such water. So we thought, okay, we can help them to 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 uh, purify this, some of this water. Where we can't even have money to sink borehole or sink um, a drainage, we do water harvesting, and also come up with a, a one of one of our volunteers a, a treatment uh, method how they can make the water become um, um, uh, come to a standard where it, 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 it's no longer harmful to to, to them. So we have tested that that project. It went on successfully. So now we want to take it further, like I said again, um, to try to do that in, in another community or scale it up. But sometimes these are, like I said, it's also tied to uh, available resources. So we've done that. Yeah, we also do water harvesting, water purification, uh, and, and all kinds of uh, mechanisms we use to, to get them uh, quality water. Um, and then we, we, we sunk uh, two in the, in, in, the, in the north, in the north, where we did one in the south. That is a, they call it well. So, in fact, what we want to do now is to take in this well to nearby farms so people can do irrigation, off-season farming. No, they will no longer have to depend on rent-fed agriculture because these are some of the issues that are dry, dry, um uh, driving land degradation and the overconsumption of natural resources because during off season, like I said before, when you don't have rain, raining or uh, yes in place, so they move into the bush. 
begin to cut down trees, cut down that kind of thing, do hunting, you know, some of these endangered species, they begin to move in to use them to survive because they, it's a dry season. But it's okay if you can uh, set up this mini irrigation system in the neighborhood. So they can still go on with the agricultural initiative. If the youth can also have other alternative skills, they will no longer have to go to hunt the animals or the, those, those endangered species and, and, and burn the firewood to sell and all kinds of things. Because the, it's not the all year round busy period. You know, the economy will be booming and they will, they will no longer feel the impact of climate change and environmental degradation and the, 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 all this whole effort we, we add to the global emission reduction uh, uh, framework of policy, you know. So that is how we are trying to do all that. We need to see how we can take this water to the rural farmers. They can set up a mini irrigation system, you know, and they'll be able to have food all round of season. We, we, we have done that in, in, in one community, Nemo State, that, that, that went on successfully. So we want to see how we can replicate that in other areas. So that's the, about the, the, the water safety project we, we, we did. It was a kind of a, a test run or a kind of experiment we did, and that went on successfully. Um, we also hope to take it further to other areas, God willing, as we move on in our, in our program. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's tremendous. I, honestly, I feel like you're doing some of the most important work in the world, and I am not blowing any smoke there when I say that. Uh, I'm not a religious person, but the word that comes to my mind, the phrase that comes to my mind is God's work. You're doing God's work. And I, I'll just, uh, to end this uh, on a personal note. So I have been wanting to get involved with more international issues tying into poverty and environmental issues since, uh, basically last year. I realized that that was some of the most important stuff that's going on. And then COVID came around and I became all focused on myself and, and what's going on here. Um, so this, I want to thank you for engaging with me on this because this is something that is getting me inspired to engage on these issues I've been meaning to, and this is my opportunity to do so. So I definitely want to thank you with this. I, I, I intend to follow up with you more and to put the word out about what you're doing with your excellent organization. And um, so Rural Watch Africa Initiative, RUI. And folks, if you're listening to this, this is where it's at. This is where things are happening. This is where you get your most bang for your buck in, in terms of if you're going to donate some money. So if you're going to want to be engaged with stuff, if you care about climate change, if you care about human beings, if you care about the planet, I'll provide that link in the description of the podcast. But thank you again, Uche. Do you have anything else to say to uh, the listeners of the Green Root podcast? Yes, um, Josh, I want to also thank you. Like I, I said earlier that um, we need people like you and other, you know, that's to help us put out this information, what, we, what we've done or we've been doing. Um, because I happen to come from a society where um, you see volunteering or voluntary ventures or initiatives are not, people like here, they are not, they are not known, known for such a thing. It, it's rare you see few people coming in that have such a drive and passion. So when they see you doing that, it's, it's, they have two things. They will begin to wonder what kind of human being is this, or does he have any ulterior motive attached to this, or is he coming to contest for election in, in the future? So that is the only thing that could make people do good in this kind of society. You only have few that are genuinely, you know, born out of, um, you know, uh, selfless initiative and effort and how they want to get involved. But majority doing that, they have something at the back of their mind. Okay, let me do this to, to, to mobilize crowds. To, to, to set a kind of a fake track record so that when I want to get involved to get into contest in an election and all that, you know, I will use that to win election and all kinds of things. That's only thing. So it's very rare. And that is why if we could talk about people uh, volunteering for environmental poverty-related issues in Nigeria, blah, 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 the people don't understand it. They don't want to get involved. People can only help you to give a little uh, when you were talking about humanitarian, they see people, somebody in a sick bed, they come to do a fundraising, which I, I, I also do. 
I also have what I call humanitarian efforts I've been doing, which are not part of why. That is just my personal initiative I do for people. But then, I want to thank you again for using your platform to, to, to let the world and let your listeners know what, what why is all about and, and all that. I would also make time to um, provide you with some details from documentary, from pictorial evidences and links and all that you can also use to um, carry out work. We need, we, need, we, need, we, need, we need people, we need the media to help us to realize what we've been doing out there. We don't have the, the, the funding capacity to, 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 to attract some of these big media, even the local media here. So we can't have been afford them to buy from airtime to do all that. Um, uh, because they've been able to, some of the, some, the so-called the big um, um, NGOs here, they, some of the things are being stage, stage managed. So they, they, they stage manage one or two things and they, they propagate through the media. And once such a thing goes viral, that they begin to, to move on. Whether it is, it is real, it, it's making the real impact or not. You don't want people don't want to know because they are not the popular brand. People got to know them. But I know, I know the few ones that, that are doing the real work in the rural areas that are touching lives, that are changing people's destiny and stories. And we will not give up. Rural Watch Africa is, is, is just coming up and we will keep doing this until we don't see the kind of poverty, poverty rating we've been, we've been given by the World Bank from the poverty level to now to multi, multi-dimensional poverty, you know, over 80-something percent. So we could see it's alarming. It's alarming. We are talking now and the light went off. We don't have power, stable power in Nigeria. Well, yet we do. We we'll give power to some other countries. So it, there are a whole lot of issues. It's so interconnected. But I thank you again, uh, Josh. I'm always available for, for that discussion anytime you want me to come on board on, on, your, on your podcast. So I thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks again for all that you're doing. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me. And we will definitely uh, remain in touch. And here at the Green Root Podcast, we're going to do everything we can to get the word out about your organization. So thank you. And we'll talk soon. You're welcome. Bye-bye now. Bye. Thanks.